Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit agencyrevolution.com and click media to explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, this is Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution, and I want to welcome you to this episode of the Connected Insurance Podcast presented by Agency Revolution. Creators of the most powerful marketing and communication software are built specifically to meet the needs of insurance agencies and brokerages. If you believe that the relationship you have with your clients is the heart of your business, and I suspect if you're here, you do, then you need to see how Agency Revolution can make those relationships stronger and longer. Visit agencyrevolution.com to receive a free demonstration of their award-winning software today. Uh, uh, Speaking of Agency Revolution and speaking of visiting their website uh, I will encourage you. I have a, a couple of things I want to encourage you to do, and then we're going to dive right into a special episode of our podcast. Uh, visit Agency Revolution's podcast page, and you'll notice on the right-hand sidebar, there are always valuable assets that you can download for free. Now, AR is offering the Savvy Agent's Guide to Marketing. Go to the podcast page on agencyrevolution.com and download your copy of that for free. Uh, well, normally I'd say I'm really excited about our guest today. Uh, in this case, the guest is me, so that just doesn't sound good. Uh, however, I'm excited about the content that I'm sharing, and I think it's, uh, I think it. This is a uh, practical, tactical podcast, not just theoretical and not just big picture. Admittedly, and indeed, unabashedly, and without shame. Um, a number of my guests, so the conversation that I have with a number of my guests often does focus on um, the trends and forces that are pushing the industry into a different and new future because I do feel that it's important for you to understand what that future likely looks like and that you understand what the forces are, the, uh, some of which you can ride up and some of which uh, will t- attempt to push you down so that you can navigate your way successfully. However, what good is an understanding of trends and forces if you don't also have some practical tools now to navigate? So what I've attempted to do is obviously have some great advantage. Uh, every single week, I have a... Uh, what I think is a robust, poignant, uh, penetrating conversation with a a leader in this industry. Um, And not all of them are recorded. I I don't just do this, but at least once a week, I will record one. Uh, And then, of course, I've got my own portfolio of fast growth agencies and insurtechs, MGAs, um, uh, in in many cases, um, uh, street-level leaders in the industry who are uh, seeking acceleration and organic growth. And so from those conversations, um, I've been able to um, discern, deduce the, uh, well, basically the content for this conversation with you today, in which I focus on seven new and unusual skills agencies really need to succeed in the modern age. 
And um, well, I'll encourage you to listen to this one carefully. I'll encourage uh, if it's if it's appropriate, listen to it a couple of times, once while you're driving, and maybe once with notes. <laughs> and uh, if you've got questions, please feel free to reach out to me. And so, almost without further ado, let me encourage you before I invite you to the conversation. Um, I will encourage you to um, follow Agency Revolution on LinkedIn so you don't get left out. Follow, connect with me, Michael Jantz, on LinkedIn so you don't miss the juicy, groovy stuff that I uh, will post there from time to time. Often free assets, uh, downloadable assets or short videos. Um, I've, uh, I've recently uploaded, um, oh, four or five short training videos. Uh, got a lot of great feedback on them. So check them out on LinkedIn, connect with me. You can follow me on Twitter and uh, I do have one last favor. And this is from my heart to yours. Uh, if you have received value from these conversations, then, uh, I want to encourage you to jump on whatever platform you listen to them on. Uh, your Apple podcast platform or what have you. And, and if you would be kind enough to give us a five-star review, that would mean a lot to me. Um, if for any reason you think that uh, there's something we need to do to earn five stars, reach out to me and let me know. Reach out to me on LinkedIn or reach out to me on email, michael at michaeljans.com. So now, without further ado, it is... Uh, well, I'd normally say it's a great privilege to introduce you to my guest, but in this case, I'm excited to share with you uh, some of my insights on, uh, on what it takes to not only succeed, but thrive in the modern age of insurance, and to share with you these seven new and unusual skills agencies need to succeed in the modern age. Hello there, this is Michael Jans, and... I'm the guest. So imagine that this was an intimate conversation and you invited me to spend a little bit of time with you and asked me, what are successful agents doing right now that's different? <laughs> well, I've thought about that question a great deal. And this is one way that I have looking at it. Um, this is my current list of seven new and unusual skills for successful insurance agents. In the modern age of insurance, I think this is a pretty comprehensive list of some of the things that are really very important to success in the new age. I'll start by telling a, a story. For those of you who have experienced some of my training on the three phases of the independent insurance agent, uh, you'll recognize that uh, I, I, well, first of all, I, I argue against the stability of the industry. This is an industry that's changed a great deal. Now, I'll argue for appropriate stability and financial stability in most cases, but this is an industry that's changed a lot. And so this story comes from my own experience. And gosh and gollies, it was a long time ago, back when I was the executive vice president of the PIA, the Professional Insurance Agents Association on the West Coast, and I was hosting a, what do we call that, a battle of the agency management systems, okay? So we're going back to the early days of that, and uh, this is when, um, oh, this is sort of towards the end-ish of uh, phase two of the uh, three phases of the insurance agent, and it was the tipping point for a lot of people. Uh, a lot of agents simply just didn't get past this. So I was hosting this battle of the agency management systems. 
and we had uh, rented a fairly large conference room, and I had invited maybe five or six vendors, um, proprietors of agency management systems, which at that point were really fairly new beasts, um, <clears throat> as were in many insurance agencies, computers. And, um, and so uh, the way we ran it, we had a facilitator, and the way we ran it was uh, we had each one take the stage one at a time, show some um, screenshots, make a presentation, and then everybody got to ask questions. And I recall as I was um, circling through the, uh, you know, towards the back of the room, listening to one agency principal, um, maybe a little bit long in the tooth, turning to his friend and colleague who was in the next year saying, are you going to get one of these things? And, uh, and, and as I said, it it sort of typified what often happens in some time of turbulence, because there was a little bit of turbulence there, that not everybody wants to make that change. And in fact, not everybody did make that change. There were, um, prior to that, uh, there, there was a lot of pressure. There was a long, soft market in uh, in many markets. And then there was the introduction of new technologies. There was the rise of a new generation. Gosh, does that sound kind of familiar? <laughs> the the boomers were becoming the the uh, predominant buyer. There were new technologies with computers, and there was an agency management system, and their pressure to get one. And not everybody wanted to make that change. So, over time, um, we consolidated as an industry from roughly eighty thousand independent insurance agencies to forty thousand independent insurance agencies. We've kind of been hanging around there ever since. So um, I think you can probably recognize that there's some similarities from then to now. So now we're in what I call phase three of the um, of the uh, the history of the agent. And this is the age of the um, of the modern insurance agency and the the many of the behaviors and the skill sets and the capabilities of the modern insurance agency are different. And the ones who really step up to the plate have some mastery of the seven things that I've talked about, that I'm going to, going to be sharing with you here, or at least um, some mastery of some of them. So I'll start at the very beginning and I'll give a brief introduction to each one. And I'll give a very brief explanation of each one. And then I'm, um, as always, happy to take questions. And, and again, you can um, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Easy to find, Michael Jans, uh, or you can email me at michael at michaeljans.com, and I'll do my best to respond to you. So let's start at the very beginning with, uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, um, you may also say, oh gosh, not all those skills are new, or they're not that unusual, but um, at, at a minimum, it's a good way to get your attention. But some of them, really, I think most of these are new to the agency system, and it's the minority easily that really practices them, masters them, and executes on them well. So, boom. Uh, start at the very beginning. New and unusual skill number one, crafting strategy. Now, um, you may say, gosh, we've been doing strategy forever, and I'll largely disagree. Um, 
we've been uh, really relatively good at uh, tactical execution, but the big difference between strategy and tactic is strategy has to come first. It, it makes sense out of the future. It, it guides the appropriate strategy guides the 10,000 decisions that you're going to be making um, over the next few days, few weeks, a few months. So that when you are confronted with a decision to make, you, you're not jumping helter skelter. You're not, um, you're not making decisions willy nilly. You're not, you're not doing the wrong things. You're not wasting time. You're not wasting energy. Everything is lined up. And so strategy really represents the, um, the few big decisions that guide the 10,000 littler decisions. And, um, and, and in general, strategy is hard, which is why so many businesses don't do it. And in a lot of what people would call lifestyle businesses, uh, software startups, <laughs> sometimes r r look around the look around the universe and and look at businesses like stable industries like insurance and they and they call them lifestyle businesses. Um, I, I suppose because those of us who have started software companies sacrifice our lifestyle for a few years, and uh, and so the software. The software startup guys look at other industries with some jealousy, um, because really the their their life depends on um, uh, yeah for a lot of things. But absent a good strategy, everything dies, and it's hard and it's easy to avoid. And I, and I think it's fair to say that if I knocked on the door of most independent insurance agencies and sat down with the principal and I said. Um, share your strategy with me. They really wouldn't know what to do. They would they would uh, deliver to me or throw back at me platitudes like, "Well, our strategy is to take really great care of our customers," or "Our strategy is to um, really try to attract the best talent," and so on and so forth. Those aren't strategies. They're tactical. Uh, they're, they're sensible tactical uh, maneuvers in order to fulfill a strategy. Strategy essentially asks two questions, which I'll share with you in a moment. But the, um, the essence of strategy is, well, let me just share those two questions with you right now. The first one is, where do we play? So I, I want to contrast it with, with what it's not and where people get confused. S sometimes people think that, well, like strategy is like, we're going to re work really hard or we're going to build a really good team or we're really going to have a great culture. No, that's working hard. That's building a great team. That's having a great culture. <laughs> Strat strategy, you know, it's not courage. It's not, um, it's not uh, perseverance. Those aren't strategy. Uh, strategy is um, determining uh, the, the direction that you're going to go based on a real world analysis of what's happening out there. So one of the reasons that in this podcast series, I tend to focus a lot on the trends and forces that are affecting the industry. And you'll discover that uh, or recognize that when um, in conversation with really the, the majority of my guests, not all, 
because some of them, for some, for some of them, I guess they're tactical, practical, and I want to just dive right into that. But for many of them, I'll ask them, what are the trends and forces that uh, you perceive that allowed you to say, conceive of that in tech or, you know, if it's, if it's a, a thought leader, what are the trends and forces that you see affecting the independent insurance agency system? And I do that because um, it's impossible to really craft strategy for you or for anybody else without a real hardcore analysis of what are the opportunities and threats, what's happening in the real world, what are the downdrafts that can push us down, but what are the updrafts as well that we can ride and that can give us um, give us energy in their own right, and if we can ride them with the right timing, we're going to be on top of and ahead of everyone else. So. Um, my f- favorite model on strategy is, um, first of all, to uh, do a thorough analysis of the real world and then ask yourself, okay, based on that, where are we going to play? And then how are we going to win? So um, I will give you m- my shortcut for strategy for the independent insurance agency system, recognizing that absent um, an hour or two of deeper explanation it, you know, you, you, you may or may not like completely get this, but I think for those of you who've been listeners of the podcast series for a while, you might say, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. So where do we play? Number one. So I've got three elements to this. Where you play, you play in the deep end of the relationship pool. Why? Because in the, in the independent agency system, the money is in the relationship. And so what I mean by that, if you look at the ACOR um, insurance marketing model, attract, convert, optimize, and retain, um, the real wealth and the real growth is in optimizing and retaining your relationships. And the more that you can create um, genuine loyalty measured scientifically, or statistically in a net promoter score, the more you're going to be really richly rewarded by your customer base. So let me, and so let me bring that science down to reality for you here for a moment. In Bain's research, what they discovered was that the highly loyal insurance client delivers three times the value of a mid loyalty client and seven times the value of a low loyalty client. Well, let me, let me make sure I'm getting that across. Uh, like 7% more, that's really, really good. You know, marketers are always looking for 7% tweaks on response to an email campaign or um, conversion on a landing page or 70%. Well, that's just crazy. I'll go for a 70% growth at any point in time. But to to recognize that I can actually get fr- from uh, one customer, I can get seven times the lifetime value that I could get from another one. That's magic. And so uh, how does that happen? Well, it comes from loyalty, and that means playing in the deep end of the relationship pool, really attending to the um, nature of the content and the frequency of the delivery of the content, the, the outbound proactive communications that you have that give value, that give meaning and give delight to your customer base. That's the magic. That's number one, deep end of the relationship pool. Number two, well, now we need to assume, okay, we have to go get customers. We have to reach into the marketplace, generate leads and convert them. So now the second part is we want to do that with those who are most likely to value relationship. Okay, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but clearly we can recognize that there's a great big uh, a great big demographic out there, okay? There are 330 million people in the United States and and and, 
and, and in Canada, I guess you got, you know, <laughs> you got about 10% of that, right? So, I mean, there's a lot of people out there and uh, there's some that are that are really well suited to the independent agency system and some not so much. So I, I can, I'll, I'll get into the psychology of this in another conversation, but those who value the advice, the advocacy, and the expertise of an agent are more likely to want a relationship with an agent. And they are the ones who, of all of the values that compel people to buy insurance, are the ones who are most likely to rely on the value of peace of mind, not price, not just convenience, but peace of mind, because that's the one that gives them the, uh, the the deepest satisfaction. And where do they get that? Do they get that from a computer? They're most likely, and, and statistically, this is proven to be true, they're most likely to get that by being in relationship with somebody they trust and that trust engenders loyalty. So number one, deep end of the relationship pool. Number two, when you make the st strategic choice about who you want to have a business relationship with, go with those who are most likely to value relationship. And then number three, lean up market. And there's more than one reason to do that. As you'll recognize from a number of conversations with podcast guests, the down market is most vulnerable to disintermediation through automation. Boom. I mean, you know that a billion dollars of insure tech money is coming into this space every single year. And some of them want your customers. And uh, as we've witnessed in industry after industry after industry, they, they, they're, uh, they're most likely to go where automation can um, create results. And that's where there's a simpler transaction. So the down market is more vulnerable. The up market is less vulnerable where they need expertise and they want relationship. And the other good news on that is that you're generally just going to get a lot more revenue per relationship so that if you can gain expertise in the up market and up market to you is maybe different than up market to somebody else, but it's always good strategically to look at uh, increasing your uh, revenue Per relationship by 10% or 20%. Um, I'm, uh, I'm currently developing a spreadsheet, and I'm happy to share this when we get the final draft back, that shows the difference between um, uh, strategic choice A and strategic choice B. And strategic choice A, you can make it any variable you want, but let's say it's $1,000 um, in commission per customer. And B is, again, make it anything you want, but let's say it's $1,200. Now, let's say you roll that out for the next 10 years. And, um, and, and so you're going to get X number of clients and you're going to keep them at whatever retention rate you you want. Let's say 85, 90%. Now you roll out the $1,000 versus $1,200 against you know, how, however many you're going to bring into your book of business during the course of that year, roll it out for 10, do that now for 10 years and retain both groups at, let's say, 85%. The delta between selection A and selection B at, you know, like you might be thinking, oh, it's just a couple of hundred bucks. The delta between the two gets bigger and bigger every single year. And, you, and then you recognize, oh, my gosh, the strategic decision that I made back in you know, at the beginning of this thing has had a huge impact on my agency. So boom, that's new and unusual skill 
Number one, it's crafting strategy. Uh, my premise is that the agency force has not been that good at it. I also would say that overall, it hasn't had to be. Uh, and I can argue both sides of this. I mean, we could say that back in phase two, right, post-war to, let's say, the year 2000, uh, a, the, a, a really good strategy at that point was to uh, install better business systems and and to grow the size of the agency to clarify to ba basically to focus on operations because that was best practice. While we're at a different period right now, the locus of power has shifted from business to the modern consumer requires uh, and and the pace of change is much faster. Uh, the 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 role of the strategist, you know, it's like I've got, I've got a friend, uh, Bill Hartnett, who's been a guest on this podcast, <clears throat> who's the navigator of a sail ship. And I think there are 11 people on the crew and he's the navigator. And so you can imagine that if they're like, you know, out in open waters and the wind is fine and like, you know, there's no turbulence. OK, he's got an easy job to do. But boom, you know, it's like you see a storm coming up and the tides are shifting all over the place and the wind is going back and forth. And, um, you know, there's there's a difficult, a very difficult storm. Boom. His job becomes really, really important. Um, and, and so that, yes, all 10 guys who are on top of the ship. They can be like a little stronger and a little faster, but it's not going to make that much difference if he put them in the wrong place. So strategy, really, really important. Enough said on that. New and unusual skill number two for insurance agents um, is, uh, and, and I wish I had an elegant uh, verb for this, but I don't because it's, um, it's uh, well, it's, it's, well, you'll see. I call it doing technology right, okay? Technology, that's the skill. Um, and here's what I mean by that. Let's break it down into, into some chunks. Um, I'll break it down into six chunks. Because technology is, well, it's so important. Um, on one hand, you know, there's so much of it, and there's new stuff arising all the time. You're probably getting a phone call every day from some technology vendor who wants to sell you something. And next month, there's going to be something brand new you never even thought of and never even heard of. And, um, uh, and, and the beauty of technology is it multiplies capability. That's what it does. So, uh, you know, a really good technology, like Peter Thiel said, uh, you know, it, it, it makes something 10x better, right? You know, I'm, frankly, I think agency revolutions are a really good example of that. Um, yeah, it, like uh, before, uh, I could sit down and I could write a really good email to a customer. Uh, now, I can have technology that delivers it automatically when I'm not thinking about it. And it goes to a thousand customers and, uh, you know, it's like magic. So technology, um, it, you know, it's like the power tool. It's like when I, uh, when we moved here and remodeled the house in the casita, um, yeah, th these guys, uh, these guys showed up with tools that I'd never even seen before. And they did some really incredible work. And, uh, you know, you can imagine if they showed up with a toolbox and in it was, you know, there was a, a handsaw and, uh, you know, a, and a hammer, you know, like the tools of like uh, the yesteryear, <laughs> I would have been aghast. So now technology is part of the job. So let me break, on, break it down into six uh, quick chunks for you. Uh, number one, you need to know what's available. So you need some system that allows you to periodically scan the environment and be aware of the technology offerings and the benefits um, that they deliver to an agency and the problems that they solve. 
this podcast, by the way, I think is uh, certainly should be um, one of your sources for information because I I do bring a fair number of um, tech, insure tech startups as guests. Number two is uh, understanding the various categories uh, of technology or the categories of problems that technology can solve. So, um, at, at this, so, so number one, we got to know what's out there, but two, uh, this is a really critical part of, um, having a good buying process is you need to be able to organize the information somehow. So one way that I would suggest, uh, organizing the information is to you know understand like what are the major technologies um, or what are the major categories of technology or the categories of problems that tech can solve. Uh, and then item number three is the logical um, extension of number two. Now that I know the categories, I need to be able to assess the vendors that are most likely to solve the problem, the vendor that delivers the product that is best suited for my agency and the problems I'm attempting to solve. Um, item number four is to really have a, a fundamental understanding of how technology does solve problems. Um, and and to, um, it, it, uh, there's a little bit of a mind, sh a mind uh, shift change that happens here um, in that I, I, I think it's really valuable not to think just like an insurance agency, but to understand a little bit about uh, how technology um, approaches problems and solves those problems. And then um, item number five is the ability to make really good decisions. So, all right, I, I, know, the, I know the category, uh, I know the vendors, uh, I know I know how they solve problems, and some of them may approach the same problem from a different angle, which is why understanding how technology solves problems is really important. And then you need some a good decision making process that probably involves um, engaging your team, um, contacting um, you know peers or uh, 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 or you know um, sufficient sufficient referrals. So you have a, an appreciation, maybe checking out reviews. So you have an appreciation of the. Um, uh, uh, the, the way that the, how, how well the industry, uh, holds that, uh, that vendor in esteem, maybe, uh, getting some sense of the financial stability of the company, whatever your process is. And then, um, number six is okay. Now that we bought it, it's knowing how to get good at it. So I, I, I call that knowing how to delegate and monitor capability and mastery. And so, um, it's really important in the technology part of your job, because I think that this is part of the job of agency leadership. Um, it, uh, it, it's, it's not sufficient to approach technology as if it's like a checklist. Oh, okay, I got my website, check, done. Uh, got my marketing automation system, check, done. Now, what we're really looking for, now we brought this tool into our universe, let's find... Uh, you know, let, let's find, for example, the 20% that delivers the 80% of the value. Let's find those elements that um, particularly um, and elegantly solve a, a, a problem that's important to our agency. So, um, boom, enough said about that. Item number two really is getting good at technology in the agency. Uh, new and unusual skill for insurance agents 
Um, item number three, communicating through contemporary tools. All righty. Um, this is, well, this is absolutely central to success in um, uh, today's world. So I'm going to circle back to um, my yeah, what I said a few minutes ago about strategy. Number one, it's where do we play? Number two, it's how do we win? And uh, we win. Now, you know, we've got our, we've got a, our strategy. We know where we want to go. We win by having some path and plan that shows us what to do next, that shows us how to get to the next level. And uh, in today's world, because of the um, demands and expectations of the modern insurance consumer, it's really impossible to win without being proactive in your relationships. And in order to be proactive, to invest appropriately in your relationships, you need to be able to communicate effectively using contemporary tools. So um, this, this is a three-day workshop, but I'll get this done in the next three minutes. Um, here, here are at least three things that um, an agency needs to progressively gain some mastery in. Number one, um, and, and perhaps the least important, which might be shocking to you, number one is um, identifying and then gaining some mastery in the appropriate social channels for your marketplace. And they will vary depending on who your market is. But um, gaining some mastery of social is important. At a minimum, connect with me on LinkedIn. <laughs> okay, so so so, and and I say maybe you know among the least important, it, it's largely because as marketers know, um, if you were going to do a side by side comparison of the ROI on on both revenue and and uh, effort and time spent, um, if we we're going to do a, like a battle of the a battle of the media, uh, your list, your email list is probably going to 10x the value of social. So that's the next one. Um, it's how to do email. And I really mean the whole shebang. It's not just having, um, you know, a marketing automation system that allows you to send out emails. It means, it means really getting good at it. So that means understanding some of the elements of campaign design and understanding some of the critical elements of um, effective persuasive copy. So um, that's number two. And then number three is, um, I'll say video, but let me, let me stress that I think we, uh, yeah, I'm not talking about like high production, you know, bring in the movie people and let's do 17 takes. I'm talking about low to mid production video, something low production, you shoot it on your Android or your iPhone. Uh, you know, maybe you grab a, um, a lavalier that you plug into it. Maybe you don't, but, you know, boom. And uh, five minutes later, you're up on LinkedIn or five minutes later, you're up on Facebook or Instagram with a video and you're communicating effectively. Um, Mid-level, maybe, maybe you got somebody on your team or maybe you've got a vendor and you ship it off to them and they throw your logo on it and maybe they throw on a bottom third and it says, you know, your name and who you're with. And, you know, maybe we throw in some captions or um, headline or something like that and they get it back to you before the day's out and it goes out the next day. And so that's a good example of um, mid-level video production. But the, the the thing to understand about video, I, I'm not just throwing it out because 
oh, everybody's doing it, or YouTube is, you know, one of the fastest growing social media channels in the world. And, you know, there's, there's billions and billions of hours of, of video. Uh, I'm, I'm saying that because it works. Um, in, in the world that we're in, where trust and loyalty means so much, where human connection means so much to the strategically chosen demographic, uh, there's really nothing quite like voice and, um, and face uh, that communicates um, trustworthiness and delivers uh, uh, meaningfulness and delight. There's nothing else that compares quite like that. Um, and then the other element of this, which I think is uh, really critically important to think about, is the one-on-one. -on -one. So uh, we really do need, as an industry, I don't know how long we're going to be in a pandemic, but I can pretty much assure you that if it, it was all gone, like you know tomorrow, which it's not going to be, um, but if it was all gone, um, there are going to be plenty who uh, will have gained enough mastery of uh, tools like Zoom and calendar appointment setters that set up uh, Zoom appointments um, from the marketplace to you, no work done on your part, boom, a hot prospect is there. Um, there are going to be enough agents who've mastered that, that they're, they're going to do a lot of that. And they're going to be able to see and have communication with three, four, five people in the time it would take to drive to go see somebody and drive back and, you know, all the rigmarole associated with that. So um, it, admittedly, uh, there's nothing um, like in the, uh, you know, kind of if we we're going to do like the spectrum of like um, uh, a kind of a customer intimacy, if we were going to go from like um, an email to being in the same room and shaking hands. Yes, there's nothing like being in the room and shaking hands, but a very, very close second are one-on-one -on -one video. So we want to get good at that. So in, in this arena, uh, communicating through contemporary tools, social, email, the use of video, both one-on-one-to-many uh, one and one-to-one. -one. And then um, there's another element of this that um, I, I cannot ignore, which is not the media, it's original content development. Well, well, it's like Steve Jobs said, technology alone uh, is not enough. It's in, D it's in Apple's DNA that technology alone is not enough. It's technology, These are, this is his quote, it's technology married with the liberal arts, married with the humanities that makes our hearts sing. And so um, in our world, yes, it's not just the technology. Okay, I bought this technology. We use this system. Well, that's groovy. But what is it that gets delivered through it? You know, what, what's, what's the humanity that gets delivered through it? What's the connection? What's the meaning? What's the delight? Uh, learning to create original content that um, <clears throat> on that model, delivering meaning and delivering delight, that's, um, that's the road to mastery. So that gets us, so that's um, new and unusual skill number three is communicating through contemporary tools. <clears throat> new and unusual skill number four, lead gen. Knowing how to do lead gen. And, and I'll start with this premise that the difference between somebody who wants insurance and somebody who wants you is night and day. And what an effective lead gen system 
does is that it reaches into the marketplace and it delivers to you, okay? They, they hop on a train, right? You, you, you put them on a funnel and then that train shows up and some people get off and they raise their hand and they say, oh, yeah, um, I, I want you. Right. <laughs> that that's that's the magic of what you can do with contemporary marketing today. And so um, in uh, for those of you familiar with uh, my model, the five levels of the modern insurance agency, this one really is one of the big transitions from level three, the strategic agency to level four, the aligned agency is that the level four agencies crack the code on lead gen. And typically, the kinds of things that you'll see in lead gen are, well, okay, not buying leads from, um, from not buying leads, buying leads. That's, <clears throat> let's leave, hopefully, let's leave that one behind. Let's generate leads who want you. And so typically, we'll do that with a lead magnet, a, a, a top of the funnel piece of content that attracts the attention of the marketplace of your choice that you've strategically chosen. And when they raise their hand, they're probably um, trading their email address in exchange for a piece of content that's really valuable. And then boom, we're off to the races and we've got marketing engines in place that guide them along their path until we get to the point where they wanna get off the train and they say, hey, uh, I'm, I, I want you. Okay, I want to do business with you. Um, this is the only way to scale. Now, uh, I re I'll realize that there are agencies out there that are scaling without doing this. And the way they're doing it is they're hiring producers. Um, hiring producers is a fine, um, just like it is in every industry, having more sales reps, okay, is a, is a really fine, proven strategy. But in this day and age, if you're leaving your producers alone without um, the, the tools that I'm talking about here, so you, like, you want them to go get their leads all by themselves the old school way, I can't think of a more expensive way to, um, to waste the time of a producer. Uh, whereas, on the other hand, if you were if you had the uh, mechanism in place where you had your lead magnet out there and they were jumping on the train and moving through the funnel and then plop, uh, you know, next thing you know, they're they're hitting click and setting up a calendar appointment with one of your producers. That's magic. And that's the way it's done in the modern age. So if you want to scale, I was having a conversation with an industry thought leader the other day who said, and, and the point was, and I'm not going to name names, but the point was, well, there are agencies that are doing well in the pandemic and the best practice agencies, they're still growing at 5%. And honestly, when I heard 5%, I almost threw up in my mouth. I know, like for me, I, I'm not going to live long enough for 5% to like um, achieve my goals. And, and, and so likewise, you might be thinking the same thing. Now, if you scale, you want to scale. My definition of scale is, is an annual growth at minimum of 25.89%. And the reason I choose that figure is because if you can grow at that pace for 10 years, your agency will be 10 times the size it is right now. So if you can hit 25.89%, and you're a $3 million agency, you're going to be a $30 million agency. It's that simple. You don't get there. Um, even with really good, some of the things we've talked about, good communications with your existing customer base, focusing on the relationship, focusing on the deep end of the relationship, 
um, uh, you know, uh, installing a really effective uh, referral program. Those are really good. And you're going to get, you know, up to 10%. You're going to get 15% growth by uh, installing really good systems there. But you want to scale, you got to do number, uh, you got to do my number four, lead gen. You got you to gotta master the art of lead generation. Item number five, new and unusual skill number five is now crafting the ultimate customer journey. Okay, so boom, we got them. Uh, we got them. Uh, we got them uh, in the uh, as a new customer. We got them in the book of business. The lead gen worked out really good. Okay, but again, as I said earlier, strategically, like you know, what's the strategy? Play in the deep end of the relationship pool. Well, you can't do that without crafting a customer journey, and uh, that means really carefully, thoughtfully contemplating and discussing debating, arguing, whatever it takes. It's it's supposed to be hard, right? <laughs> this is business. It's supposed to be hard, right? It's like weightlifting. You want to get good at it? You got to work hard, and then you're better at it. And so uh, you really want to contemplate this. Um, I'll, you know, one model that I'll often use in this regard is to look at two sides. It's, uh, it's like a two-sided coin on this one. Um, you want a customer journey that takes them from, uh, you know, A to B, A to Z. Um, and at Z, um, you know, let's say at A, they came in with one policy. And by the time they get to Z, they've got four policies. Okay, they got this and then, you know, the umbrella and this and this. And so, uh, you know, objectively, so, so one thing that happens is every time somebody purchases an additional policy from you, they become a more loyal insurance customer. I mean, that's statistically sound. That and and they'll stay with you longer. They'll give you more referrals. Um, it's uh, it's part of the psychology of being a human being. So so uh, one way to look at it is objectively, how do we measure it? Well, we measure it by let's say policy per customer count. But subjectively, what are we attempting to achieve? We want them to have certain experiences. We want them to have certain emotional and emotional tone. We want them to have some peak experiences. There are going to be some moments, what marketers call moments of truth, and we want those to be exceptional. And then we occasionally want to surprise them on their journey with something that delights them. And we want to surprise them on their journey that some uh, occasionally with something that gives them a, um, uh, a, a deep sense of value in the relationship. So um, item number five, if in fact we want the holy grail of insurance marketing, which is maximum customer lifetime value, yes, indeed, we need to take care of lead gen. But then uh, once we've generated that, generated that lead, we want to make sure that we are delivering a customer journey that's deeply satisfying for them. I know I'm speaking to a lot of agency principals. I'm talking to you right now. Um, some of the things I'm talking about are, are there, there, it's a different way of looking at your job. Um, I'm, I'm really not talking much about insurance stuff and I'm assuming you got the insurance stuff handled, but if you want rapid ex and accelerated organic growth, these are the things that we need to be talking about. All righty. Um, item number six is, um, appropriate to today. And it's, it's, this is actually, uh, I think this is life or death. Um, it's 
Basically, it's the ability to do speed, okay? It's the ability to get stuff done. It's the ability to execute quickly. I ran a survey, and it's been some years since I did this, but it was, you know, it was industry-wide. We got a good response to this. It was a one-question survey. Um, and the question was, are you worried the world is changing faster than your agency? And the response was, 96% uh, of my respondents said yes. Um, okay. Um, as Jack Welch said, if the uh, pace of change on the outside exceeds the pace of change on the inside, the end is near. Well, I, I really want you to take that seriously. If you have this sense that you're not quite keeping up with the expectations of the modern consumer, then um, we'll take that nagging doubt seriously because it's likely to be true. It's actually likely to be true on almost every agency um, across North America is that we're, we're uh, largely a little bit behind. Well, the ideal is to be, obviously, it's to be right there with them because that's how we can be relevant in their life and to deliver to them a, a satisfactory experience without falling behind. So there, there's a million things that make it make us slow. Uh, bad organizational structure, um, uh, bad decision-making processes within the agency, um, too many principals <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> who who think it's like, uh, oh, yeah, we, we merged. And so, yeah, we've got six principals and we never really make important decisions without consulting everybody. So, yes, uh, we, we don't do anything without six people buying off on it. Uh, these are just bad organizational uh, models. Um, indeed, yeah, the six principals, if they're all members of the board of directors, fine. But who's the CEO? I mean, you, no, nobody would, nobody could conceive of, you know, let's say a Fortune 500 company, you know, that has to like consult with the board of directors every time they want to make a decision. No, the guy's got a job. The CEO's got a job. He's accountable to the board. But in in this day and age, we need um, we need agencies who can be f as fast as the real world. And so we need to really examine internally. Is there anything in the organizational structure that's holding us back? Is there anything in kind of the legacy culture that's holding us back? Is there anything in, let's say, our own sort of um, personal um, sort of, uh, you know, that, that, that propensity to like make decisions too cautiously that's holding us back? Um, when um, in times of turbulence, speed is an inherent part of strategy itself. It almost doesn't matter how, how good your vision is, your mission is, your, um, your strategy is. You, know, you can go through all this thinking, your big, hairy, audacious goal. Um, in today's world, if you haven't... Um, if you haven't learned, uh, you know, like uh, how to how to how to crank up the next gear on this thing, none of that stuff matters. <clears throat> We've got to be as fast as the real world, and then that gets us to item number seven, which is innovation. Um, this is this is in uh, for those of you again familiar with my model, the five levels of the modern insurance agency. Boom, this is the jump from level four to level five, okay? Level four is the uh, is the mastery of marketing. Level four is where we take two professions at, at some level of mastery, okay? Insurance 
and marketing. We merge them together. We become a level four agency. And those are the agencies that are growing, you know, 15 to 25%. <clears throat> but boom, uh, get up to the next level, level five. What do they add to it? As Peter Drucker said, <clears throat> since the, the purpose of a business enterprise is to get and keep a customer, uh, a business has only two core functions, marketing and innovation. Those are the only two that bring value. Everything else is cost. Wow, that's a really powerful statement and a bold statement for him to make. Well, marketing is what you know gets customers and good marketing to customers, helps keep customers. But innovation is what gives value to the customer so they never want to leave. And uh, we're, we are now in an age where if you, if you think that you can just kind of rely on the product that you get from your carrier to be like, that's your whole value proposition, it's not enough. This is a highly competitive environment. And so we need to reconceive. Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to my three phases of the um, agent. Uh, it's it's an historical overview, but you know you go back to the beginning. Uh, you know who invented agents? Agents didn't in like you know say hey we're we're going to you know we're we're going to create a, our jobs for ourselves called agents. No, agencies agents got hired by carriers or brokers. You know maybe Lloyd syndicates. Carriers, syndicates, they had products to sell and they needed reps. <laughs> so they created this whole new, this whole new um, job called agents. Well, the term agent uh, means you're an agent of. And so that means that you, uh, you get your authority from elsewhere. You don't have your own authority. Your, uh, the authority is on loan. <clears throat> well, yeah, um, you know, there's still obviously legally some and technically some truth to that, but it's a it's a deleterious paradigm on on an agent or an agency. Uh, let let me encourage you to think that. Think of it this way. Um, I mean, you know, whatever. You know, the company that I run right now, my own company. Okay, I'm going to get raw material from here. I'm going to get this from these these technology vendors. I'm going to get ideas from here. Okay, uh, I've 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 got the responsibility. Okay, and it, it, so and I, yes, I've got to go to the outside world, gather up this raw material, synthesize it, package it, market it, deliver it. That's my responsibility. <clears throat> you can think of your agency the same way. Yes, indeedy, you have to. Um, cultivate relationships with the outside world and bring things into the agency and then synthesize, package, market, deliver, service, so on and so forth. But I, I, I'll encourage you to think, you know, bring that locus of control as much as you can into the agency and, uh, and, and don't merely think of yourself as a pass-through. And then when you do that, you can begin to ask yourself, what what unique value can we deliver and may not have, you know, it's not just the product. It's not, I'm just not passing it through. What can you do as that insurance product <clears throat> passes through your factory? What can you add to it? What content, what information, what expertise, how can you package it in such a way that it becomes <clears throat> the entire experience? And I'm not just talking about the policy. I'm talking about, let's say it's one year one year of experience, how can you add value 
above and beyond merely what you're passing through from the carrier. That's innovation. And so what I'm beginning to see is at the very highest levels of thinking, some agencies reinventing this industry from the inside out takes courage, which is why uh, I say, um, you know, the first thing about, you know, I've got 10 behaviors for the insurerpreneur. This is the first one is to like to capture their own courage, because to a large extent, those who are willing to do this are finding the courage to leave the rest of the industry behind. But what happens when you innovate is that, uh, you know, if it's real true innovation, that you're creating a, a, a value for your marketplace that they can't find anywhere else. And so you own it. And if it's genuinely innovative value, they never want to lose it. They never want to leave. And so you end up by um, owning a virtual monopoly in the marketplace of your choice. All righty. So (laughs) I'm going to do a real quick recap. And then uh, if you've got questions, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Seven new and unusual skills for the modern insurance agency. Number one is crafting strategy, not just you know, running willy-nilly, chasing tactics, techniques, and tricks. Number two is getting good at technology, recognizing that technology is part of your job and that you need a technology system. Um, I, I may have shared this before, but when I ran Agency Revolution, one of the challenges we had was, you know, and you know, we went through a lot of iterations of about how our uh, sales team would be structured, compensated, commissioned, organized. Uh, There's so many different ways to do it. Um, And and no matter how good we got, we'd recognize that, gosh, we have a really good sales system, but agencies have a really bad buying system for technology. I think some of them are getting better at it, Um, but that's important for you. Technology multiplies results. Get good at it. Item number three, communicating through contemporary tools. And I talked about social, email, and video, but also very important, original content. Item number four, cracking the code on lead generation. Item number five, crafting the ultimate customer journey. Um, Investing in, that. like I said, swim in the deep end of the relationship pool. Item number six is getting good at speed. And item number seven is uh, crafting innovation. You can't copy it from anybody else, okay? So I've got models. We can talk about this in some other form of training. I've got models that help agencies, um, oh, uh, really relatively easily identify sources of innovation um, in their value proposition to their customer base. So, but um, it's something we all need to get good at. So. Um, that's what I've got for now. I want to thank, thank you for spending some time with me. And if you've got questions one way or another, uh, LinkedIn is fine, or, uh, you can email me. Um, I'll do my best to get back to you and, um, boom, like I said, this is as if you enjoyed me to, uh, I'm sorry, invited me to, uh, to sit down and spend some time with you and to share with you some of my insights about what very successful agencies are doing right now. And, um, and I've enjoyed the time that I spent with you. So thank you very much and have a terrific day. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. 
If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. New episodes every Wednesday.